Welcome to Samford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. Good morning, everybody. So it's um, a great honor to be standing before you guys this morning. And uh, I, so I just thank the Lord for this opportunity. First and foremost, I want to thank the Lord for this great privilege the Lord has given unto me. I must tell you guys, the truth is, I've seen this before it happened. And greater things are coming to Samford. I can tell you by the Spirit of God that this all is going to grow so big that soon we're going to extend up to the field. Just mark it, it's going to happen. Now, today I'm going to be talking to you guys about John chapter 3 from verses 1 to 21. And I'm going to be talking to you about the conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus. But before I do that, let me just do some introductions. You know, first and foremost, I want to thank the Lord for this opportunity and thank my wife, Oriolua. She's here. She's um, a postdoc student at UAB. And I want to thank Sanford University and especially, particularly, the Office of Spiritual uh, Formation for giving me this opportunity. I want to appreciate Matt, Brian, Renee, April, Kathleen, Eileen, and Kyle. I just appreciate you guys for this opportunity. Now, because I'm a professor, you guys have to do a little assignment this morning. So, you guys take your pen and your papers and you do a little assignment. Just four questions. And this is going to help me a lot to gauge where you guys are. Now, my talk is basically titled celebrating your spiritual birthday. So, could you ask the person seated beside you, what is your birthday? You don't have to know the year, just the day. What is your birthday? So let's switch that a little bit. Now, could you ask that same person, now, you guys ask them your, their physical or earthly birthday. Could you ask the person seated beside you that what is your spiritual birthday? Now, the, question, the next question I want you guys to ask them is, where were you born? Can you ask the other person? Then the next question, I want, to, I want you guys to also ask um, that same question for the spiritual part of their life. Can you ask them where they were born spiritually? Which means, where did they have their water baptism? One more question. I told you four questions. Two more questions. Could you ask the person sitting beside you, what is your dad's name? Okay, you got that. Now let's switch that again to the spiritual. Could you ask them, what is your heavenly father's name? Now this is the last question, I promise you. This is the last question, I promise you. Could you ask the person seated beside you and ask them, mention one characteristic of your earthly father that you have. One characteristic of your dad that you, that you think you basically display or possess. One. What is it that your dad do that you also found yourself doing? Then the last question I want you guys to ask the person seated beside you is, could you ask them, what one characteristic of your heavenly father do you basically have? Okay, guys. Now, the reason I ask that question is because the best way to understand a text or to understand any material for that matter is to start out with questions. So in class, one of the things I do with my students when I start class is basically to write questions or we start at the back of the book. Most times we start at the back of the book because when you know the questions, then you have the right answers. And when you read, you read for the answers. So I'm going to quickly read through John chapter 3 and I'm going to be reading from the message version. It says, okay, I have this. It says, there was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, we all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, you are absolutely right. Take it from me, unless a person is born from above, which we call, except a 
person is what? Born again. It is not possible for such a person to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. The other version, another version says, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he says also, continuing, he says, how can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? He asked. Jesus said, you are not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to its original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, Genesis chapter 1, the invincible moving the visible, a baptism into the new life. It is not possible to enter the kingdom of God. The first one was what? See. The other one is what? Enter the kingdom of God. When you look at a baby, it's just that. A body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch. The spirit. And becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born again or born from a out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above or who is born again by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, What do you mean by all this? He was confused. How does this happen? Jesus said, you're a respected teacher. You are a respected teacher of Israel. And you don't know these basics? Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. This is nothing second. He says there is nothing. Jesus said there is nothing second and pre-owned here. No hearsay. No gossip. Yet, instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me, what use is it in telling you of the things you can't see, the things of God? And so I'm just quickly going to jump to verse 16 of New American Standard Version because the message is quite long. He said, for God so loved the world. So he said, if I told you earthly things and you do not believe me, how would you believe I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but who has descended, but he who has descended from heaven, the son of man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that everyone believes, every, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. 16, which is very popular. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to judge through him, sorry, to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, so that his deeds may be manifested as having been worked or wrought by God. So guys, I'm going to basically focus on a few scriptures, a few verses here, and I'm going to try to make some elaboration. One of the first things I want to tell you guys is that you've got to celebrate who you are in God. Look, the truth of the matter is this. The devil is never afraid of your race, your birth, your parentage, your heritage, your citizenship. He doesn't care. He cares less about that. 
what the devil is so much afraid of is your spiritual birth. And that was I was asking you guys to ask the other person that, who are you spiritually? You guys remember the story of Jesus. When he asked the disciples in Matthew chapter 16 and Mark chapter 4, he said, who do men say I, the son of man, is? And people began to give a lot of stories. They said, you are John the Baptist and one of the prophets. But he said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of God. I'll take you guys back just to let you guys appreciate what Nicodemus made us to understand. This conversation and, and um, discussion, as a matter of fact, I was reading a lot of versions. And one of the versions said Nicodemus actually had an interview with Jesus. As you guys saw in verse 1 of that scripture, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Why did he come to Jesus at night? He came to Jesus at night because he wanted to hide under the cover of darkness. He understood that Jesus was a teacher. If you guys remember verse 1, it says, you are a teacher from God. He was an exceptional teacher, a different teacher. And I give that challenge to you guys too. That do you see yourself as an exceptional student, a different student, a new species, a different species of students than students from other schools? Nicodemus was a class, I mean, Nicodemus recognized, he said, we all know that your own style, species of being a teacher is different. He said, because no one can do these things you do except God be with him. And Jesus said something. He said, look, it is not about me. It is about the kingdom of God in me. And that's why Jesus actually did something. He said to him, he said, I'm going to uh, verse, um, quickly move into verse 2. Jesus said, verse 3 said, Jesus ans answered and said to him, truly, truly. Now, Jesus was emphatic. He said, truly, truly. Verily, verily, I verily, uh, King James says, I see unto you, except a man. Be born again, except you are born from above, except you celebrate your spiritual birth, except you identify with your spiritual person and personality, you cannot see the kingdom. Now, if you notice what I did there, I put the word see in uppercase. Why? If you contrast that verse with verse 5, there's a difference between seeing the kingdom and entering the kingdom of God. I'll give you a good example. Now, if, some, if the gates of Samford is closed during the weekend or holiday, anybody passing by can see Samford, right? Now, what do you have to do to enter the campus of Samford? You have to come through the gates. Is that correct? So Jesus was telling um, Nicodemus, he said, except a man be born from above, except you identify and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? Now, you guys, I'm very sure you guys are Bible scholars. You guys have done a lot of convos. Are you, by now, you know there's a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the influence, the power, the dominion, the might of God moving through you. It is like the aura, the energy of God passing through you. It's like an electricity of God. The kingdom of heaven is a place. It's a geographic place, which is heaven. So Jesus was telling Nicodemus that, except you're born again, you cannot actually display this characteristic of God. And he said, he went on to tell him, and Nicodemus was, was getting more confused. He said to him, Jesus, he said, how can a man be born when he's old? He cannot enter a second time his mother's womb. Can he? Jesus answered. It's like this guy isn't getting what we are talking about. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. Last semester, I was part of the home, I mean, my, we had, we all said home groups, and we talked a lot about the parables of Jesus. And one of the things we discussed, I mean, a lot of parables in the book of Matthew, so many parables, but did you guys notice something Jesus said about the parables? 
it said that the parables are given to those who are what? Who are where? Who are where? Outside of the kingdom. But those who are within, it is what? A secret. So what God is saying to you and I today is, is that when you are born of the water and when you are born of the Holy Spirit, you actually have access into the kingdom of God. And you guys remember when we did um, the parables last semester, we talked about the mysteries of the kingdom of God. What are the mysteries of the kingdom of God? Jesus talked about the mystery of whatsoever you ask God, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Jesus talked about the mystery of the seed of God's word. That you begin to operate at the level of God's word. Look, I'm telling you what I have seen. First John 1, 1 is one of my favorite scriptures. Apostle John said something. He said, that which I have heard, which I have seen, which I have beheld, and which I have handled, even the word of life I give unto you. You know, my wife and I are basically laboratories for God's word. We've actually seen, had, seen, beheld, and we've actually handled the word of God. You guys remember when Peter and John went to the beautiful gates in Acts chapter 3. And the beggar was asking them, he said, they, they were looking to Jesus, they were looking to those disciples to give them something. You know what he said? He said, silver and gold I have not, but what I have. I'm challenging you guys this semester, and I'm challenging you guys that the opportunity you have in, at Samford is an opportunity that is not common to everyone. It's an opportunity to basically transform your life, to make the word of God real, tangible. The word of God is feelable. The word of God, it is, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that the word of God, that faith is what? It's a substance. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is this. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, he said, except you actually celebrate your spiritual birth, except you actually see yourself as a son of God, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot have the influence of the kingdom. Now, part of what I wrote here in my note is this. The devil is not, the devil basically I mean, the, the devil cares less about whose son you are on earth. But he cares very much about who your father is in heaven. And that's why in the book, uh, in, the, in, in the temptation of Jesus, he kept asking Jesus. He said, are you the son? He said, if you are the son of God. And that takes me back to Romans chapter 8, where the Bible says the earnest expectation of the entire creation waits for your manifestation, the sons of God. So what Nicodemus helped us to appreciate is this. Jesus helped Nicodemus to realize that all I am doing, all you are praising me for, is supposed to be basic. Basic in the sense that when you are a son of God, when you are a child of God, you are supposed to display this realm of power. It is not about Nicodemus, as you guys know, is a Pharisee, well-educated guy, a Jewish leader. Jesus was trying to tell him, it is not about your birth. It is not about your political or, or association, your political affiliation or association. It is about sonship. That's why Romans 8, 38 says, the endless expectation of the entire world, of the creation, waits for your manifestation. I tell you something, as good as your degrees are, nobody's waiting outside there for your degree. They are waiting for your manifestation as the sons of God. I tell you that the devil cares less about your earthly citizenship. He doesn't care about whatever citizenship you, you have. Like Apostle Paul says, the devil cares more. He's even afraid of your heavenly citizenship. Your heavenly citizenship is basically, is basically guaranteed when you enter the kingdom of God. When you give your life to, to Christ, when you walk in that dominion, in that reality, as a son of God. In rounding up, I want to challenge you guys. You know, Jesus said something. Because of my time, I'm not going to quickly skip some, some scriptures. In verse 8, is a very powerful verse I love. In verse 8, Je Jesus said, 
He said, whatever is born of flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is, is spirit. As a matter of fact, I want you guys to appreciate this. That was why I kept asking you contrasting questions. When you are born as a flesh, you inherit the DNA and the RNAs of your parents. The same thing happens exactly when you're born again, when you're a child of God. As a matter of fact, I was reading a, a, um, a, a version. It's called the Contemporary English Version of 1 John 3, 9. It says, whatever is born of God, as the spermatozoa the, of, of God in him. What that simply means is that you are a mini Jesus. You are, permit me to use this word, a cloned Jesus. Wherever you enter, wherever you get to, people should know a type of Jesus has come. And that is the entire essence of John 3.16. That God so much loved the world that he gave us a model. He gave us a son that whoever believes in him should replicate. And Jesus said something. He said, the works I have done, you would always, you will also do. And greater works than this. You guys remember Jesus said something again quickly back to uh, verse 3. Instead of in, in, in John chapter 5 and 6, Jesus said, I only do as I see. And that's why, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm basically uh, leading a cadre this semester on hearing from God. Many of us want to hear from God, you see, but the language of the Spirit is what? Visual. It is more visual than many of us think. So it is when you see what is happening in the kingdom, and that's why Jesus, if you read John chapter 5, you see this, uh, John chapter 5, and six, you see this very, very copiously. Jesus said, as I see, I do. So what, what are you guys seeing? What are you guys looking at? Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. And like I wrote here, you can't Google your destiny. You can't. You can't Google it. You can only spirit it. You can't Google your destiny. You can only spirit it. The Holy Spirit only reveals destiny to us. I want to challenge you guys this semester that the spirit of God is ready to move fresh, mightily in you. Your salvation is more important than your education. Your salvation is superior to your education. That is what Jesus was trying to tell Nicodemus. Well-educated guy, well-connected guy, from a very rich family, and all those characteristics. And Jesus was saying, man, that, those things are good, but your salvation, who you are in the spirit, is the most important thing. In rounding up, I'm going to take you guys to Acts chapter 19. You guys remember this story of the sons of Sceva. The sons of Sceva were guys who felt because their dad was a high priest and their dad was such an important person, they could use that identity to actually face a demonic person. My friends, I want you guys to know the world is in turmoil. The world is in crisis. What the world is waiting for is the manifestation of the sons of God, you and I. So when the sons of Sceva went out, one of the things they did, which is quite interesting, is this. They did something. What they did was basically to say, in the name of Jesus that Paul preached, we adjure you a demon. And the Bible says the demon looked at them and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? Ask the, said, the person seated beside you, who are you? Come on, ask, who are you? Who are you? You see, who you are, it's not your name in the realm of the physical. Who you are is who you are in the realm of the spirit. Your spiritual identity is the most powerful. Whoever is born again, whoever is a son of God, whoever is a child of God, Whoever understands the importance of the spiritual birth is like a wind. Which means your life is untrackable, undetectable, irresistible. Do you know why? Because the spirit of God is the one powering you. You are not basically, you know, um, you are not susceptible or you are not basically influenced by what happens to your environment. Why? Because you see into another realm. You see into the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, just like you guys look at what is trending, I ask you guys today, what is trending in heaven? What is trending in heaven? That is the question I'm going to leave with you guys. So, as I round up, one thing I want you guys to, to know is this. 
just like everybody grows like a baby, it is also important for you to grow in the spirit. When we, when we become born again like babies, we just become a little Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives birth to us like he gave birth to Jesus. And the Bible says, Apostle Paul tells us, that like newborn babes, we should desire the sincere milk of the word of God. So the word of God is milk. The word of God is meat. The word of God is bone. I'm going to challenge you guys this year. You've got to grow in your spirit, man. That was the, that's the essence of what Jesus was trying to tell Nicodemus. That you've got to grow your spiritual identity. You've got to grow and have an identity in the spirit. And let me tell you one final truth. Your, your age in the realm of the spirit or who you are in the realm of spirit, let me put it this way. Who you are in the realm of spirit is not a function of your age. It's a function of your investment in the seed of the word of God. It's a function of your investment in, the, in, in having a holy life, living the life of the spirit of God. It's a function of you yielding and surrendering to the Holy Spirit. I want you guys to challenge yourself. Look within yourself. Who are you in the spirit? Do you have an identity in the spirit? Who are you? And I will challenge you guys that today can be a day you can use to have a spiritual birthday. For many of you who are unaware or who are forgotten who don't know their spiritual birthday, I challenge you that today is the day. And I want you guys to talk to folks at Office of Spiritual Life to rededicate your life, to meet Jesus, so that you can begin to live a life that is moved by the will of the Spirit. May the Lord bless you. For more information about Samford University, check out samford.edu.